Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball on April 15, 1947, when he started at first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers. The celebration of the historic event had far-reaching reactions through the Negro Leagues. For most in the Negro Leagues, the moment was a triumph and was 50 years in the making in baseball. However, for many, there was a realization that the odds of making it to the major leagues were not attainable, that there still were many barriers to cross, and that as a player, you still had to face public opposition to the desegregation of the sport. Our episode begins with baseball legend Hank Aaron discussing his feelings on being ready to play in the major leagues and the hope that it would one day happen. We all felt like if we could be successful playing in the Negro League, that we could probably play in the major leagues. I think all of us basically felt that way because usually the players that, especially if you're a young player and you was playing against players who was had played a little bit uh, longer than you had, uh, they had been in the and some of them had been in the minor league. Some of them had the experience of playing against great Negro League players. So we all felt like if we could have a good year, a good season, that you had a chance to play in the, in, in the major leagues. I always felt like uh, there were hope. I always felt like if you just keep doing your job, that uh, somewhere you was going to touch somebody's mind and somebody's soul and and somebody was going to be uh, wise enough to realize the only thing that uh, you wanted to do was to have a chance to play baseball. Here is Ron Barr interviewing Hall of Fame infielder Ernie Bates, who discusses the hopes and dreams of Ernie's father and the possibility of playing in the major leagues. Actually, uh, the story goes that your dad had to bribe you with nickels and dimes to get you to play. Was that a true story? That is true, Ron. I uh, was... Uh really wanted to be an international lawyer, and my dad said, well, son, you've got to play baseball because uh, someday, you know, it's going to be an opportunity for blacks to play in the major leagues, and and he kind of had a feeling of that. He was kind of a psychic young man, and and he started me playing and playing, and sure enough, 1947, when Jackie Robinson broke the barrier, uh, he was just so happy. I still remember his face. He was just smiling, and I looked at him. I said, "What? what is going on? He said, well, you know, Jackie Robinson is playing in the major leagues, and uh, now you have a chance to play. And that was his uh, foresight. And sure enough, I played with the Jackie Robinson All-Stars, Barn Stallman, when I was with Kansas City, and Jackie saw me play. And five years later, I was playing in the major leagues. So, you know, with inspiration, dreams, and and target goals, uh, things can happen in everybody's life. Pitcher Neil Westbrook discusses how the players and fans became quick fans of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Once baseball integrated with Jackie Robinson, what was the general reaction among uh, African-American players, baseball players, about that integration, the selection of Jackie, and what lies ahead for, for black ball players? Well, to be frank with you, when it first happened, and, and I think everybody knows, maybe not everybody, but a, a great number of people know uh, that, you know, the things that Jackie went through and uh, and how that, you know, evolved with Branch Rickey and, and, uh, and, and he, he had that, um, I don't know, he, he was, was smart enough and strong enough to, to, uh, take a chance on, on Jackie and uh but 
you know what happened. I mean, they went through a whole lot, and everybody was pulling for Jackie. And um, people in the South, um, uh, I would say everybody became a Dodger fan. Professor Leslie Heffy discusses the impact of breaking the color barrier on the Negro League players. Now, 47, you know, everybody re- recognizes that's when Jackie Robinson, Larry Doby, right, um, break down that color barrier and join. And But one has to realize that the Negro Leagues then continue to exist till at least 1960, right? So there's a uh, death. But the real heyday of the Negro Leagues, most people mark, is truly ending by 1950. Things because of this very question. So you've got the older generation, the Josh Gibsons of the world, the Satchel. I mean, Satchel is lucky. He does get a chance to go into Major League Baseball. But so many of them didn't and knew that it was too late for them, um, that their time had passed, that they were not going to, that the Major League teams were not looking for a 35-year-old player. They're looking for that 27-year-old player. Catcher Don Woods discusses the difficulties for some of the Negro League players. One of the things that I have sensed in all my interviews with the players from the Negro Leagues and back at that particular time, there was no resentment or anger about what they couldn't do in baseball. There was, a, I guess, a grasp of what they could do and they wanted to do because of the passion they had for the game. Am I correct in observation? That's pretty close to, to uh, being accurate in, your thought, uh, what you, in that statement you made. A lot of the players... They knew that they were at a certain point, a level in their career, playing Negro baseball, and a lot of them had the great desire to move up to the major leagues. And in, and in some cases, depending upon that era, they knew it was going to be very difficult at that time. Professor Leslie Heffy points out the pride and support that many of the older players took in paving the way for the next generation in baseball. Some are going to be disappointed for sure. But for the most part, and this comes out of talking, having talked to a lot of the Negro League players and listening to them, really being at the same time as disappointed for themselves, supportive and happy for those who are going to get the chance, recognizing that this is what they all were playing for, was the opportunity to play at what was considered and recognized as the highest level of place to play, right? Um, And so you could just imagine the thought process that for them realizing that their chance came too late, but others were going to get this chance. Um, and at the same time, then realizing that the way this is going to roll out the question of what's this going to mean for all of us, the opportunity to play may disappear entirely, which is ultimately what happened. Pitcher Dennis Biddle remembers the impact of the older players and their desire to continue to support their younger teammates. I knew I was being trained, being prepared for the major league by these old living legends. Uh, most of them had missed their calling because of it was too old by the time the opportunity came for them. So they, they in, in, in return to... In the love for baseball, they started uh, coaching and training and managing the Negro League teams. And they will look for young talent prepare for the major league. Ron Barr discusses the breaking of the color barrier with outfielder Sam Allen. 
When Jackie Robinson was finally allowed to uh, break the color barrier and play in the major leagues, uh, what did it mean to the black, other black players? Well, it meant, that was hope. That was hope. They knew that they had hope, you know, because 1947, you had five blacks that, that went to the majors in 47. So you had Jackie Robinson, you had Dan Bankhead that was from Memphis, was with the Dodgers, and Larry Dovey went with Cleveland. And Hank Thompson and Willard Brown played with the St. Louis Browns in 47. Pitcher Ernest Fan discusses the impact of the players who open the door for the next generation. The one thing that I want people to understand that people don't really think about, why we were out there. Nobody has asked me that question, but this is the reason I went and a lot of other Negro League baseball players went. We were trying to open the door to professional baseball to make it better for our kids so they won't have to go through what we went through. That's why we was out there. Professor Leslie Heffy points out the importance of choosing Jackie Robinson and the impact Negro League players could have on the game. Jackie's a good example of that. I think that's exactly what some of those players thought. Here they had this opportunity. They knew he, you know, because he signs at the end of 45. So they know he's going, you know, and so the idea that there's this opportunity to teach him, to show him, um, because he does represent. And they want Jackie, they want Larry, these early guys in particular who are going to cross over to be the best representatives they can be of what black baseball is all about, right? Because that's going to give at least the, the, the belief was that that would certainly make it much more likely that others are going to get a chance, right? Um, they also wanted, here's a chance for, a much wider audience to see just how good black ball players were. And so you wanted to make sure that whoever was going to be doing that is going to represent you. And so the older generation certainly had that, had that desire and responsibility and saw themselves as, yeah, we came before. And it's only in more recent year that we've sort of looked back and said, you know, Jackie Robinson didn't just spring out of nowhere. <laughs> Hall of Famer Buck O'Neill discusses how important it was that Jackie excelled in the major leagues. He was the right person because actually Jackie actually knew what it meant. It just wasn't baseball. Jackie knew he had a, an entire race of people, yes, blacks in this country, on his shoulder. And he messed up. And, and he messed up. Well, it, it might have set us back as far as civil rights concerned of 50 more years. Although the barrier was broken, there were still many hurdles to Negro League players entering the major leagues. Infielder Reginald Howard points out how few black players there actually were in Major League Baseball. So I was, I was, I was elated as a youngster, uh, and, and as a lot of other people were. But then as, as time evolves, you know, when you're a child, you see as a child and think of a child, when you get older, you kind of think a little different, see things a little differently. And as I began to dialogue more with older people, older ballplayers in particular, uh, when the Dodgers signed Jackie Robinson, there were eight teams in the American League and eight teams in the National League with 25-man rosters. If you put the pencil that, you got 400 major league players. Now, the one Jackie Robinson sign, you take the one Jackie Robinson and you divide 400 into him, 
to get the percentage of people that are coming in. So you come up with a multiplicity of zeros and a point two five, to which the militancy side of black baseball says, hey, this is a bunch of crap. <laughs> no integration. Pitcher Ernest Fan points out that despite the breaking of the color barrier, baseball was still segregation by our quota system that limited the amount of black players on a team. I didn't really see the buck of segregation and hatred and prejudiceness until I got into professional baseball. Why do you think that was? Because professional baseball didn't want blacks in it. Now, I will quote a saying from my last professional manager. He said, baseball is a white man's sport when we're trying to get black players out of it. And I guess that's why they came up with this quota. Now, the two black players on the field at a time and no more than three on any team minor league or major league. And that's what kept me out of the major league because the quota system. Here is infielder Reginald Howard and outfielder Sam Allen discussing the major league quota system. Okay, the quota system was only four blacks can make a team. At one time, for, for at least 20 years after Robinson went in. Well, they, they had so many great black baseball players here, and that was that was the uh, problem. I never, you never seen so a lot of the, the great ball players never got a chance to really play in in, in the majors and get in, going to organized ball because what happened? Uh, some of the players, uh, the teams, major league teams had minor league teams in the south. See, and down south you had a you had a quota system that uh, if you played, if you had three blacks on the team. One of them had to be a pitcher, so he didn't play every day. See, you didn't have no more than two played uh, at one time. Henry Mason discusses the difficulty of being one of the only black players on the team following Jackie breaking the color barrier. Well, let me tell you, when I went to Schenectady, uh, Jackie had already broke the color barrier. But things wasn't just right. At that time, I have a friend, I'm not going to call his name, but a white boy that was the only one that would room with me while we were on the road. As a matter of fact, I just come back from visiting him, but he was the only one that would room with me. And that's just the way it was then. I had a roommate. When I'd go in at night, maybe 9, 10, 11 o'clock, he would be in the bed with his head all covered up. When I would wake up in the morning, he would be up, took his shower, and gone. That's the only time that I saw him until I saw him at the ballpark. We end this episode with the Hall of Famer Hank Aaron and how he kept perspective in trying to do the best job he could do in the face of adversity. The most important thing was the fact that in spite of all of the things that I had to go through, I, I think I kind of kept things in perspective. You know, I, I knew that I had a job to do, and if I had not been successful, then I would have it would have fell in the hands of the people that who wanted me to fail. So I was not about to let that happen. I kept things in perspective, and I said, hey, i got to continue to do as well as I can do and uh, to play this game the only way that I know how. I think that we knew that it was given the opportunity that we had to take advantage of it, you know, because there were only a few of us. 
And we knew that uh, if we failed, that it was going to fall upon the players that was coming behind us. Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues, is narrated by Bill Overton, produced by Taylor Haber, executive producers are Jason Weichelt, Darren Peck, and Ron Barr. Please check out our next episode, as well as the episodes in this series. This series is distributed by Sports Byline USA and the Eight Side Network.